Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is October 12th, 2022. This is Tony in Saskatchewan, and this is a Canadian common sense rant. 71. Now, that's not only the year that I was born. 71 is the number of people in Pierre Poilievre's shadow cabinet. 51 critics and 20 associate critics. Wow. Now, Justin Trudeau's cabinet of 35 is big enough. And hey, I'll be the first one to say Stephen Harper actually had a bigger cabinet at one time of 39. Uh, so I'm not suggesting that by any means that Justin Trudeau is frugal with his cabinet positions because as I pointed out on a show years ago, and you'd have to be one of our listeners right from the beginning to have remembered me talking about this, Germany with just over twice the population of Canada has a cabinet of 14, 14 people. So just put that into perspective. So Pierre Polyev, who campaigned for the Conservative Party leadership on shrinking the size of government, has decided to double the size of cabinet by attaching two shadow cabinet ministers to each government portfolio. Now, I'm not certain if that is exactly what, what he has done numbers-wise, but in raw numbers there is twice the number of shadow cabinet members as there are in the Trudeau cabinet. The only saving grace I have for that, and one reason I can, can write that off and say, you know what, attach as many shadow cabinet ministers as you want, is we as taxpayers don't pay any extra salary to shadow cabinet ministers. I had to look that up because I was curious about that and I was going to get just livid if they were all paid some extra kind of stipend for being a part of a shadow cabinet. From everything I've read, they are not. They are just paid their regular MP salary and get to be a shadow cabinet minister. And why would they want that if they don't get extra pay? because they get exposure. And so I get that. So good. Good for that. And yeah, there's there's a few different articles you can find out there, National Post, Globe and Mail, CBC, etc., that will detail who was in which roles. Notably absent was Aaron O'Toole, who had told the National Post reporter that he did not want to be a distraction, so likely he asked not to be in the shadow cabinet. Sure. Uh, Leslin Lewis is in. Michelle Rempel Garner is out. So those are a couple of notables. Now, uh, Scott Aitchison, who also was a leadership contender along with Leslin Lewis, he is in. He's got a, got a role in the shadow cabinet. So I suppose Pierre Polyev has done his homework by including friends and rivals in his shadow cabinet. But 71? I, I just can't get past that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, it was Pierre Polyev's 
campaign that he was going to shrink the size of government. I mentioned that a couple minutes ago. And, well, strike one. You double the size of the Trudeau cabinet, and either you, A, think that these cabinet positions are so important that Trudeau's got such heavy hitters in cabinet, like Steve Kilpo, that you need to assign two shadow cabinet ministers to him? I don't know. What else has Pierre Poilievre shy, shied away from or just quietly dropped from his time campaigning for leadership to now that he's won and he is the leader of the official opposition? Well, he doesn't talk about firing Tiff Macklem anymore, the governor of the Bank of Canada, although I wish he would keep pressing that issue because Tiff Macklem is, well, He's kind of an arrogant Ottawa type, if you ask me. Uh, I recently heard an interview with him on CBC, and um, yeah, he just continued to push the arrogance. And, well, Pierre Poiliev's not talking about that anymore. Pierre Poiliev does not talk about cryptocurrency anymore. I don't blame him because, you know, the value of Bitcoin is tanked, but it's cyclical, right? Pierre Poilievre also doesn't talk about the Freedom Convoy anymore. In fact, he doesn't really talk about freedom that much at all. And all of those combined are starting to bother me a little bit because of what I'm hearing from talking to other party leaders. Now, uh, a matter of weeks ago, I was able to interview Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada, for this show. And Monsieur Bernier said during our interview on this show that once Pierre Polyev wins, he will pivot and he will move to the left. Now, I'm not suggesting that Pierre Polyev is moving to the left by any means, but go back and listen to that interview with, with, with Maxime Bernier. It was just the week before Pierre Poiliev was elected leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. In fact, it would have been September 6th, I believe, would have been the date. And Maxime Bernier, well, some of the things he said are actually now coming to fruition. That, you know, Pierre Poiliev would would soften up his stances. He would pivot to the left because he needs to, to please the votes that are in the Laurentian Triangle and Southern Ontario, Southern Quebec. And I actually met the leader of the Maverick Party a few weeks ago, Colin Krieger, and he said something similar, not necessarily about Polyev in general, but he, well, he actually he did actually say Polyev. He said that anybody who wants to become prime minister is going to have to please that Quebec City-Windsor corridor, which is where two-thirds of Canada's population lives. So, yeah, if you want power, you need to appeal to them. And that region of the country, although there are some very good conservatives in that region, and some of those very good conservatives listen to our show, a lot of people in that area, in that corridor, I should say, are liberal voters. Even people who are moderately conservative, for some reason, still seem to support the Liberal Party. I don't get that one, but that's just the reality of it. So, 
I just have to ask myself, is Pierre Poiliev already fulfilling Maxime Bernier's destiny for him? And is he already starting to soften his stance so that he can appeal to what the mainstream media likes to call a broader Canadian audience? Um, because if that's what he's doing, then refer to yesterday's show where Lewis and I were talking and Lewis stated quite clearly, um, the conservative party has tried two leaders in a row who decided they had to appeal to that Quebec city, Windsor corridor, and they failed. They softened their message. They moved left and they failed. They fell flat on their faces. They, Andrew Shear was at least able to increase the seat count that Stephen Harper had left him in 2015, but he still failed to become government, even though they won more popular vote. Aaron O'Toole, well, he lost a couple of seats off of what Andrew Shear had, still managed to main, get more of the popular vote, but still failed to become prime minister. So if Pierre Poiliev really thinks that he can become prime minister by trying the exact same thing that has fallen flat on its face twice. He's wrong. So uh, as much as I like Maxime Bernier, as much as I appreciate that he has come on our show to talk about it, I would hate to see him proven right in his prediction that Pierre Poiliev will shift his policies and will shift to the left in order to win that Southern Ontario, Southern Quebec vote. But it sure looks like Maxime was on to something, doesn't it? Well, Mr. Polyev, I'm sure you've got some really brilliant reason why you've decided to make a shadow cabinet of 71 people. So two-thirds of your caucus. Because, well, if optics are everything, this doesn't look so good. <laughs> 